Guys, we got to talk about this Sunday's Academy Awards. It's the elephant in the room. Everybody's everybody's discussing it. I haven't been able to get it in either of you. I'm none of us have been able to get away from it for like the last two three days. I've been watching the boring ass Oscars for a decade now. I haven't missed one in eight or nine years. I love movies. I always, you know, I, I watch all the movies that are nominated. I always want to see who wins the award, screenplay, all that shit. Nothing ever happens. The most monotonous award ceremony really in television history. It's just a bunch of people stroking each other off. Every now and then Tom Hanks will come up and start talking about icebergs. It's it's just a whole boring routine. And the one time I decide not to watch a deaf guy wins an Oscar. And I missed the whole thing. And I was so happy because apparently that guy is a great actor. And he won. He got up there. He, they called his name and he walked up proudly to accept his golden statue. And uh, everybody was doing that waving thing. They, wave the, they do the jazz hands when uh, I, I think a deaf person, like to, to pay tribute to a deaf person, they don't clap when that happens. And I didn't know that, so I was kind of tripping out when I saw it. Wouldn't it be weird if he didn't know that either? Well, he was unfamiliar with the jazz hands just for whatever, like I'm talking hypothetically, but wouldn't it be weird if he didn't know that they were doing that? And he gets up and he just turns around. He's like, why is everybody waving at me? Why, why are they waving with both hands? Is this a cult? Has, has everything that all my conspiracy friends been telling me true? Are, are you guys trying to induct me into your weird satanic fucking uh, whatever, Bohemian Grove thing? No, but it was good. I, I uh, that, that, Yeah, that was fun. I haven't seen the Coda movie that this guy was in, but apparently he's terrific. It was such a beautiful moment. Uh, I really was not happy when Will Smith went up and hit that guy. I thought it was unfair. I, I thought that it was cruel. I thought that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, congrats to the uh, Coda guy. That was the, but no, this whole Will Smith, I, I don't know the great, I, I'm just fucking going off the top here. I don't know how to lead into the, the big moment of the night when Chris Rock got slapped by Will Smith for making fun of Jada Pinkett's bald head. It was a night of the bald and the deaf. Those are two dueling demographics of people. One slightly more disenfranchised or marginalized, whatever you want to call it. But it was, uh, yeah, it was rough, man. I, 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 a friend texted me. I was sleeping and I just, I get my, I hear my phone buzzing and I, I get the text that said, dude, Will Smith just slapped Chris Rock. And I had to get on Twitter, as as any good citizen does. As soon as you hear something fucked up, you don't go to the... They used to go to the news. You don't do that anymore. You go to Twitter. And if it's not trending on Twitter, it didn't happen. But it, what a wild... What, what The craziest moment of television I think I've ever seen in my life. Craziest moment of live TV involving celebrities that I've I've ever seen happen in that one moment. I, I watch it and I, it's, it seems surreal. Because I've loved Will Smith ever since I was little. I've loved Chris Rock ever since I was little. I'm very conflicted with this whole incident. 
And everybody's just trying to blame, like, Chris Rock is getting blamed, which I'm on Chris's side as a fucking comic. And just on principle, you don't just hit somebody because they, they, they said words that hurt your feelings or your wife's feelings. I can understand that's the world that we live in, and you will get hit if you get out of line a lot of the time. That's just fucking human nature. But this was a thing that was fairly innocuous, and Will Smith just gets up and hits him. And everybody wants to blame Chris Rock, and then they're blaming Will Smith. Some of them are celebrating Chris Rock. Some people are celebrating Will Smith. But then people, like a lot of people, have these theories, well, no, Jada started it. Jada, and I think that's unfair. I think it was all Will up there. He, he ultimately chose to fucking go up there and hit Chris Rock. But, I mean, Jada, if you take a look at the, just her face, it does look as if she may have done that with her mind. She looks like a lady who manifests things. She looks like she owns a candle or two. She looks like uh, her favorite word is incense, if you will. Like one of those ladies who hangs out on a Sunday night with the other ladies and they just they, they talk about Tupperware and uh, vacation spots and things like that. No, but I don't know. Just the look on her face, just that, that, that sort of sour look that she had, it almost did look like she... she did that she did that with her 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 mind that she she caused that violence that's probably why she shaved her head she she just wants to look like kevin spacey in seven anyways no but then the craziest thing about that it wasn't even the slap it's that fucking will smith won the oscar which i almost think was just something they did last minute maybe they were going to give it to somebody else and then they just said, no, we got to keep this fucking going. No, nobody's watched the Oscars for this duration of time uh, for 20 years. We have to keep this going. And everybody's pissed off at the Oscars, the Academy. They, they didn't just kick him out. They actually let him stay and sit there and then accept his award and go up and make a speech. Everybody's like, why did you let him go up and make that five minute long speech? I, not only do I think that they should have let him up there to accept the award, I think that they should have let him accept the award, make that teary-eyed, shitty speech, and then walk back down, and then make him go back up there and do it again as punishment. Like, hey, you're this dedicated an actor? Let's see you get teary-eyed on the spot once more. That's your punishment for this. And then he goes back down. They make him do it again. They make him do it a third time. Hey, we got time. People want to watch this train wreck. People like this train wreck more than Amy Schumer's. No, it was Will's thing. Will started this whole thing, basically. It was because of him that that happened. It wasn't because of Chris Rock. Will Smith got out of control. He clearly has some issues. And no shit. I mean, the guy's been squeaky clean at this point. But for for twenty five, almost thirty years, he's had this. He hasn't had an allegation of violence. He hasn't had an allegation of anything. He's just been this guy who's squeaky clean, a little bit rough around the edges, but squeaky like nothing that fucked up. And here this happens. So it culminated into this moment. And he's a guy who seems like he might have a few issues. Like any guy who speaks in that kind of motivational tone, twenty four seven. Will Smith seems like he's on. In on motivational speaker uh, mode 
every moment of the day, from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to sleep. Just the way he talks all the time. Every time you listen to him, he's just like, if I put my mind to it, I can fly. The other day I stood up on my rooftop, stared out into the sunset, and jumped off, and I started flying. I saw Rodeo Drive from a bird's eye view. I flapped my wings because I grew wings and I kept on flying. That's the power of your mind and what it can do. And from that moment on, I've been dressing up as an owl around the house and telling all my children to no longer address me as Will because they don't call me dad. They've always called me Will. But now I tell them to address me as the wise owl. And I say, kids, if you fail to call me the wise owl, tonight you're sleeping in the car. He's one of those guys who's just constantly talking in that motivational mode. He just, he's, every, everything just, every second word out of that guy's mouth is believe. If I believe I can do it, then I can do it. The other day, I stared a tiger right in the eye, and I became that tiger. And me and this tiger, we were two equals. We started fighting for a piece of raw steak. Needless to say, since I put my mind to it, I beat that tiger into submission. And I got to eat the ribeye. He's just always like, just it doesn't make sense. Like, he's just always that guy. He's just constantly in go mode every second. I don't, I don't trust any guy who whose tone of voice sounds like a guy who's writing a book. Like, every time I sit down to write, I always use a typewriter because it makes me feel like a time traveler. In fact, I am a time traveler. Some people tell me, Will, are you going to go over and use your mind to stop Vladimir Putin? I say no. Not before I go back to 2019 and change Gemini Man around so it gets good reviews. Because that's the kind of guy I am. And Chris Rock was shook, man. That whole time he was just fucking like you, you can tell. And I don't, I don't know what I would have been like in a situation like that because I've never been a fighter. So I kind of see where he was coming from. Because if a guy that size, Will Smith's a good maybe foot taller than Rock. If a guy that size, if if a guy smaller than me hits me, I can't believe it. Everybody's calling him all oh, Will's a bitch, Will's a pussy, he's this and that. No, I think I think Will is a guy that uh, recognizes, hey, this man's taller than me. And I got to cool it. No, but the pressure that guy was feeling in that moment was just... I've been in those situations as a comic. I, I've never been struck by an audience member, but I've been in a situation where I was afraid of getting struck by an audience member. I remember there was this uh, there was this open mic when I started out in comedy when I was like 18. It was called Sirens. It was in the Junction area of Toronto, and it was a real grungy place. It was one of those like Coke in the bathroom places where you just didn't you didn't know what was going to happen. There were always kind of these shady dwellers around and yeah they were just kind of they'd hang and, uh, 
I just remember I, we went there one night. We were doing a show one Wednesday, and there was a group of dudes in the back. They just kept making noise. And one of the comics tells them, turns around and just gives the shh, you know, and they freak out. They're like, well, what, do you want to start something? You're telling us to freak out? We come here all the time. Who are you guys? You're just up there talking about your dick. And, like, they just start yelling and doing all this shit. And they just run out. They just leave. They, they didn't even fight anybody. They just left. But I remember there was a birthday party that weekend in that same basement area where we did stand-up. And there were still balloons laying around, like, fully, like, blown some balloons. And I just remember in anger, they just started popping the balloons. They started stomping on the balloons and popping them. So we were all afraid that they would come back after they left. So I remember there was a pool table in the back, and we all grabbed the pool stick to go up on stage just in case they wanted to charge us. That was a lot of shit with this Will Smith. Will Smith, oh, man. The beef between, never mind Russia, Ukraine, the beef between comics and actors needs to end. That war. I just heard Tom Hanks bottled Jim Gaffigan at a brunch. It's not good. Uh, I don't know. Uh, All right. Changing gears. Let me ask you something. Do you think we're done with the Joker? Do you think we're finished with it? Do you think we can just move on to other characters, other villains in the the Batman universe? Do you think we can do it at this point? It's the same Joker every movie. They just released the deleted scene from the Batman movie where uh, Batman goes to see the Joker almost like a Hannibal Lecter situation, to get some uh, some tips on how to find the Riddler. And it's uh, like he, he goes, because the Joker's locked up at Arkham Asylum. See, I know a couple things, two nerds. And they're talking, they're just sitting there behind glass for, for like six minutes. And it's the most boring scene ever. The guy just smiles. That's all it is. It's just, it's just a terrorist who smiles for once. That's, that's the only original take that they have on a crazy terrorist, is that the guy smiles like Chris Hansen just caught him in a kitchen. That's all it is. Any actor could play the play the Joker. I could play the Joker, theoretically. People tell me I have a Joker smile. I don't know how to what to do with that information, but I what are you going to do? I guess I have to take it. What am I going to am I am I going to Will Smith somebody who tells me I look like the Joker? But it's a boring scene, and they apparently cut it from the movie because it's already 4 hours and 55 minutes long. And it's just, it's too much. We, we need to move on from the Joker. Everybody's obsessed with it. That's the problem. That's why they keep redoing him. Right now, there are probably, right at this very moment, and I'm not kidding, there's probably two 45-year-old men strangling each other in a bar room because one guy likes Joaquin Phoenix and the other guy's a Heath Bay. He loves Heath. He's got a picture of Ennis Del Mar from Brokeback Mountain tattooed on his thigh. Uh, it's uh, it's too much with the Joker. There's there's literally probably guys strangling each other right now, fighting over the like who played who played the cartoon clown the best. The cops are getting radioed in. All right, we got a five twenty eight Joker brawl in progress. One man reportedly shoved a bottleneck down another man's throat because he was talking shit about Jack Nicholson. Can we send a squad car over to Dave & Buster's pronto? Be on the lookout for a man in a purple suit and an orange shirt, along with a big gaping smile. 
Change the Joker around. If you're going to do the Joker again, change it around this time. Honestly. Like, let's get some new ideas going. It's just the same crazy terrorist dude in every movie. Make it, like, if Hollywood is so woke and diverse, they'd make the Joker different. Make the Joker a quadriplegic. I want to see the Joker battle quadriplegia. Make him a deaf Joker. Make him something. Make the Joker the proprietor of a strip club who just so happens to really care about his dancers. Do that. I want to see that he cares about his dance. The strip club's going under. It's going to turn into a condo, and he decides to blow up the condo company, the condo corporation. Do that. The Joker is an altruist. In fact, that sounds like a great Batman villain, the altruist. He's just super woke. He's just super woke. Make it a woke Joker. He's just He hijacks a news station like, if you are not using my pronouns by 8 p.m. tonight, I am going to blow up a paper mache art class. <laughs> Do that. Uh, no, it's too much with the Joker. We got to stop. I think I think we've got clowns covered. But between the DC universe, between Batman and Stephen King, and and the insane clown posse, we've gotten enough of the clowns. Every creepy movie that is based off like a Stephen King book, it's either clouds that fucking kill people or killer clowns. It's either the mist or killer clowns. Sometimes a car comes to life and runs over a a church group or something like that. It's too much. Think we are done with the clowns. Uh, I don't really know what to segue to. There's too much going on. I'm getting tired of everybody thinking that they know everything. Everybody's got a take. Everybody has to have their take heard at all times, and that's a problem. And I've been one of those people. It's taken me a lot. I've had to have my ass handed to me in a discussion a few times, and I'll, I'll admit that I have been stumped. may not seem like it because I'm, I'm such an articulate human being, but I have been shown up in an argument once or twice. I've just said an egregious... I've made an erroneous statement that I wasn't able to back up with any facts, and I'm just left with my dick in my hands. Not literally. Uh, everybody acts like they know everything now. It's, it's always those guys, it's just, and it's just the, ner- the audacity of some people. They'll actually sit there and try to tell you that they're an expert in something that they know nothing about. I remember when Trump was elected, there were people go, going on Twitter, people that I knew, both men and women, they were like, for years I've been trying to warn people about the dangers of Donald Trump, but no one would listen. And now look. It's insufferable. They, they've known that you, you of all people, were the, were the ones warning me. You were the one warning me about the President of the United States. You you knew you're you're an oracle. You had premonitions of Donald Trump. Well, no wonder people wouldn't listen to you. They thought you were a witch. And it's the same thing with this Russia Ukraine thing. Everybody just thinks that they know everything. It's always a guy in a garage. It's always a guy in a garage who was who was kicked off 
his local restaurant patio, and he can't come back. And it was probably for something really petty and minor. He probably bit into a jalapeno pepper, and it, the cream cheese splattered all over the plate. We've all been there. Bit into a jalapeno pepper. It got in a, uh, flew into the other table, got in a child's face, started burning. He was told to never come back. And then he goes to the next patio down the street, and he was kicked off of that one, this time for something legitimate because he got too drunk and he flashed a waitress. And he's, gonna, he's going to tweet about Russia, Ukraine. He's got the, he's, he's got the 411. Was that 411? I don't know. He's got the info. The 101, whatever. It's um, it's too much. I mean, when the Russia-Ukraine thing, everybody's got that guy from their hometown who is just, uh, he, he. the second a tragedy happens in the world, they tweet out, I warned people this was going to happen. Really? You, you did? I just want to grab the guy by the collar and go, I saw you go to your cousin's wedding high on horse tranquilizers. I don't think you're the person qualified to lecture me on global warming I warn I warn I warn them I warn them I warn them that's why you got to have respect they, they, people do not get enough credit for claiming ignorance the people who say who are comfortable and confident enough to say I don't know I got to read up on this I don't know enough about this we need to give these people fucking medals at this point. They need a they need a parade. They just need to sit on a a big float with a question mark. We need to give them money or something because they they are far more valuable to society than we we give them credit for. I I just love that guy who just he's that guy who just sits in the corner of the bar, minding his business. He's on his seventh whiskey sour because he just can't do the tequila anymore. And he's just sitting there just watching the basketball game and just thinking about that foreman he once punched out. Those are the guys that we we need to honor now. Because those are the guys who just turn, anytime they hear a fucking, just in their their, their hearing range, they, they hear an argument at the next table. They're just like, eh, I don't know. Anytime somebody tries to pull them into an argument, like, hey, yeah, yeah, I, I told you Jada Pinkett Smith was crazy. They just they go. I know nothing about this. I have no clue. And then they just go on. It's like they're 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 the human embodiment. They're the real life versions of the Big Lebowski. And we don't give them enough love. Oh man, world's frustrating. It's all frustrating. I don't know. It's weird being an adult. It's weird, weird being in your thirties now. I mean, once I hit thirty-one, I can I can officially say that I'm now into my thirties. I'm I'm at the I'm technically in my thirties, but it doesn't feel like it. Once I'm thirty-one, I can say I'm I've moved into this new decade officially. And it makes you like weird when you start reminiscing over shit and like music you used to listen to and, and all those things. Like I'm I'm now just getting into rap that was popular ten years ago. 
I mean, the rap that I always listened to, especially when I was doing it, I was, and this is going to sound cringy coming from me and stupid and whatever, but I was a hip, I was such a hip hop purist when I was listening to rap that anything that wasn't from the 90s to the mid-2000s was not music. It was just not music. It wasn't lyricism. All these guys talk about are bucket hats and shirt skirts and smoking vape pens and popping mollies. And it just wasn't for me. But now I'm getting into all the old school. Like, I'm getting into, like, not old school, but I'm getting into, like, almost almost the old school from the 2010s. Just J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar. I'm embracing Drake for the first time in my life, even though I saw him three times live. I'm embracing him. Joey Bata, ASAP Rock. Like, all those guys from that era who were fucking... And their lyricism is incredible. And I almost want to smack myself for not appreciating them the way I did just because they, they don't rhyme automatopoeia 40 times in a row. Because that's what I used to think hip-hop was. You needed to rhyme words that were 18 syllables. And if you couldn't do that, you weren't a rapper. And it was just super pretentious. And I do want to hit myself for it. Where's Will Smith when you need him? What is he, filming Shark Tale 5? I've been thinking a lot lately about my rap shit, and I haven't talked about it much lately. I'm doing a bit on stage where I talk about being a rapper, and people are either with it or they're not, and I gotta find a way to make it super fucking funny so it's like, it's like undeniable. But I've been thinking about like all those places that I went, it's just the places that I rapped in, and just these places, like these hole-in-the-wall barn grills outside of the city. There was a guy who used to rap I used to do shows with, he would bring a smoke machine to every performance and he would put the smoke machine down and there would just be some waitress in the corner going, the second that guy's off stage, we're booting him out. This place now looks like a fucking bomb went off inside. And he would just, he would rap. The the second you come on stage with a smoke machine the show is the smoke machine no one gives a shit about your rapping skills then this half these guys couldn't rap anyways they would just be like i killed the cat in the hat with a bat and i wrote him up in a mat which is a sick rhyme scheme when it has flow but you know they would just rhyme like petty words but that was it man i i still remember the show that i once performed at it was a show at a strip club it was my most memorable rap show ever it was a show at a fucking strip club and I still remember the, the craziest show, the craziest rap show I ever performed at. I was 22. It was at a strip club. It was a strip club off of Evans Avenue, right by Sherway Gardens in Etobicoke. And it was a week out from Christmas. It was in the middle of a snowstorm. And it was me, my buddy Max. It was this girl that I was seeing at the time. I brought her to the fucking show at the strip club. She came with a girlfriend of hers. And it was the four of us. My buddy Max drove. He drove through fucking snow just to get to this show. We park outside, we go in, and I'm we, we are automatically out of our elements. I'm the only guy in there who's dressed in all denim. That was my look. I wanted somebody to shoot me right there. I just wanted a bouncer to sit on me. I was so embarrassed. But I remember walking in, and we were and and we, the show was not just on a stage that they built. The show was on the main stripper stage. There were there were hard dudes that had just gotten out of prison rapping next to a stripper pole. It would have been hilarious if they took a paper towel and and just just out of cur- just out of tribute to the dancers, just wipe the pole. <laughs> but 
I remember we went up there and like it was crazy. I actually took a photo next to the stripper pole. I think I was touching it at one point. I'm pretty sure uh, I just gave a couple people gonorrhea just by greeting them. But I remember it was wild because the strip club DJ, he looked like he wanted to shoot himself in the head. Because he wasn't hanging with the strippers tonight. He was hanging with a bunch of rappers all wearing bucket hats and sunglasses indoors with USB keys. And they would walk up to him with their USB like, hey man, can you play this song? Yo, I got two tracks. And he'd have to announce them too in his stripper voice. Like, all right, everybody, give it up for Shorty Mike 100 from Scarborough. Shorty Mike 100, where are you? Shorty, Shorty Mike 100? All right. All right. Uh, up next, we got Lil Pillsbury. Lil Pillsbury, where are you at? Lil Pillsbury, come to the stage. And that was it, just for the entire night. And I remember I finally went up at the end of the night. I get up there, I perform two tracks. And again, like I look like this nerdy, young, white kid. I got a creepy Joker smile. Nobody really knows how to react to me, but I just start doing my thing. I just start rapping on stage. And out of nowhere, I just see through my peripherals another person on stage, and I look over, and there's a stripper on the pole. She was the only, I was the only one who had a stripper up there dancing. Now, that is, that is honor. And I remember it was wild, man. I just kept rapping. I was, I was laughing and rapping at the same time, but I just, I just kept to my shit. And I remember at one point, I, I, the stripper's swinging on the pole, and I just feel this breeze brush by my head. And I look over, and it's a stripper, and her heel, it almost hit me. Wild. It was like that scene in Twister when the steel plate is flying, and it almost decapitates that guy. Yeah. And I remember the funniest part was leaving that night when everything was closing up. It was like 2 a.m. At this point, snow is covering the street. There's cars that can barely drive, and we're leaving. And right by the entrance, we see this commotion happening. It's a couple rappers arguing with one of the bouncers. And we can't get out because they're blocking the, the exit, the front exit onto the, into the parking lot. So we're standing by the doors waiting for this fight to end, this argument to end. And then at some point, just pop. One of the rappers just tries hitting the bouncer. So a fight breaks out, and these guys just start going at each other. The bouncer's, like, just kicking ass. He's got one guy in a headlock, the other guy in a fucking leg lock. He's like Jackie Chan at these doors. So one of the other bouncers comes up to us and says, you guys got to leave out the back. We're about to call the cops. Get out of here quickly. So we run through the back. We get a, trying to get to the car to get there before the cops come. Snow's everywhere. My buddy Max has to take the fucking windshield wiper and just wipe all the snow off. And he's just, just nerdy suburban shit at this strip club rap show. We see the cop lights up ahead through the snow coming down. We're like, okay, we got to get out of here. But the problem is the fucking entrance or the exit to onto the street, that's all blocked by snow. It's this massive snow bank because a snow plow went over. So Max fucking hops the curb, goes around, just kind of skeets off onto the street just as the cops are coming in. And I can still remember as we're driving away, very slowly, might I add, we're driving away. I look through the rear view and I see one cop getting out and pushing the fucking cop car over the snowbank to get into the strip club and arrest some rappers. And I just remember that image. It's a very visceral image in my head 
but I appreciate it nonetheless. So I guess that's my tale. Decadence.